WBZ Original. I'm Larry Galco. I'm Roger Berkowitz, and this is Name Brands, the podcast about the story behind your favorite brands. And joining us next on Name Brands is an East Coast retail icon, and thanks to his appearance on Undercover Boss, the most repeated episode, he now has a national persona. He's Mitchell Modell, fourth generation of Modell Sporting Goods. Today, Modell's operates over 150 stores in 11 states with over $800 million. An anomaly in today's retail market space, which has seen competitors like Sports Authority, City Sports, and Eastern Mountain Sports close in recent years. Mitchell, welcome. And what is it that allows you to thrive in this retail sporting goods space where so many others are failing? You know what? When we think about that question, it really comes down to our core values Mm -hmm. and our mission statement, which is really listen, respect, and respond. Listen to your associates, listen to your customers, listen to your vendors, respect them, and be responsive to them. Now, do entrepreneurial companies do that better, do you think, than corporations in general that are, you know, uh, public companies or... I don't know, it's about family businesses or public companies, but, you know, when you have your name on the door, it puts a lot of pressure on you to make sure you wake up every day, that you have an obligation and a responsibility to make sure over 4,300 associates and the families are provided for. Great, great. I know Larry wants to ask about Undercover Boss. I can tell Larry. Later on. No, later on. I want to talk to him first. I think Mitchell should thank us. Um, really, Roger, look at Mitchell right now. He looks relaxed. He looks like no anxiety, no stress. He's sleeping well. You know why? He owes us a thanks that the Red Sox beat the Yankees, so now he can just veg out and relax. So he's stressless. Relax. I'm a Red Sox fan. We have stores oh, up in oh, Boston. Oh, Come wait, on, Larry. Time out. Time out. Okay. Just because you wanted to wait, be you. Wait, wait, wait. You have the majority of your stores in New York, all right? Your headquarters is in New York. If you take the Northeast Regional into New York, you pass like a three-city block-long thing of his warehouse. All right? Welcome, Mitchell. Are you trying to kill our business? He has a New York accent. Wait a second. And and, and and you and, and oh he almost canceled because he thought the Red Sox were going to beat the you know I mean the Yankees were going to beat the Red Sox now now come on and, no, and no his claim him. and his claim to fame is he went to Boston University that's his tie no my claim to fame is I applied to Harvard didn't get in all right well but I went cl- to be you all right so, so Mitch, I have a question seriously after the series is over you're getting geared up for both teams and you know ninth inning one pitch away. One team has all your apparel, the other team, what do you do with all the apparel that will never be seen ever again? What happens to it all? Well, what happens is we have what's called if-win buys. So as soon as a game is ready to be clinched, we, we uh, pre-print a purchase of the total quantity. So for example, in a five-game series, if the Red Sox went up 2 nothing, we print up 100%. If they go up 2-2, we'll print up 50%. If they go up 3 nothing, well, let's say when the Yankees went up 3 nothing, right in 2004. What, what was that? Okay, and, and it cost me an arm and a leg, and my father wanted to know, we printed up how much? Probably 100% at that point. Right. Wow. I was on suicide watch at that point. And then what happens to the losing team's apparel that you print up? Well, we're not allowed to do anything with it. We have to dispose them. We send them to a third world country like Africa. Right. Uh, or like, you know, last year, Yankees were up 3-2 going into Houston, right? Game six and seven. 
We called up uh, the commissioner, Robert Manfred, because Puerto Rico had a devastating hurricane, and we were able to ship it, even though you're supposed to ship it outside the U.S. He gave us the blessing to Uh. take care of the people there uh, Uh. because of the tragedy they went through. Terrific Uh guy, Robert. So seventh games, although they're exciting for the fans, cause great anxiety for you because um, you don't know which way to go. So, so do you? Do you? Do you? Do you before season uh, a series starts, as an example, do you? You know, sort of consult the gurus in, in Las Vegas to, to to figure out what the odds are going to be. You know, a part of it's scientific, and part of it's gut. So, for example, uh, God willing, the Red Sox go to the World Series. They play four home you games. You said that with a straight face. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> they play one and two, and they play game six and seven. Big difference than being on the road mm-hmm. and being in the middle games. And then you got to find out, well, when is the game, you know, when is the possible clinch? If it happens on a Sunday, printers normally don't print on Sunday. You lose a day. So you got to anticipate all these different nuances. But, you know, we've been through so many of them between all the championships we've had between New York and Boston mm-hmm. that uh, we pretty have it down pat. So you have license agreements. You know, with, with the different uh, with the different leagues, you can't print something on your own. No, absolutely not. Everything has to go through MLB, NFL, depending on depending on the sport. And you know, they have uh, certain uh, manufacturers that have the rights and the licenses through, like Majestic or the Forty Seven brand or Nike, and we can only buy from them. Which is all authentic. And without getting too much into the business, I'm guessing they take a healthy cut of that. Yeah, I mean, look, you know what? They pay a big royalty to the leagues. And so, you know, uh, the costs get tacked on to the first cost. And uh, hopefully it's affordable enough for the fan. The top five players, you know, that have their names on it, regardless of the sport, who who are your best sellers? You know, I'm guessing LeBron James has to today, be. A- today it's LeBron. LeBron, you can't keep in stock. You know, really? season's opening up tonight. Uh, for the NBA, uh, LeBron, you know, anytime you have a marquee player or you have a new player, um, you know, Barkley that uh, came, you know, to the Giants, you know, um, creates excitement, energy, etc. Do you print an excess or do you hold some back creating demand? I'm just curious. All, d- all depends the time of the year. So, for example, when Stanton signed with the Yankees, it was during the winter season. But we wanted to catch Christmas mm-hmm. as opposed to, you know, a trade happens in July or April or whenever it happens. All depends on the time of the year and who the manufacturer is. You know, a lot of lead times, depending on the sport, like name and number T-shirts are very easy to get a hold of. But, you know, uh, basic Laker jerseys, whoever knew LeBron would go to uh, mm, L.A. Yeah. So, you know, it could be a three, four month lead time. Oh, I read something where you guys leaked, leaked the LeBron's uh, th- on Twitter. You were, you leaked. The Roger, Le- is this a roast? <laughs> <laughs> is this a roast? Well, uh, so the, so the, the question is, you're too, you're too smart to have it leaked by. By accident. <laughs> no. <laughs> Unfortunately, the manager was off in one of our stores. Shipment came in. Someone saw the merchandise in the back, put it out. Lo and behold, someone takes a picture, flashes it on uh, YouTube. Mm-hmm. and uh, But we took it off sale. We didn't even sell any. But you know what? Did Adam that, Silver call you and, and uh, you know, slap no, your we, hand? No, we, we had a hand slap. Listen, that never happened to us. Never happened to us. We, you know, when it, when it comes to releases and launches, uh, we're really, really, uh, we have a pretty good tighten down control. Well, I, I have to say that went viral, didn't it? You know, so you have a hundred, like Roger mentioned, 
151 stores. But the one thing you pride yourself on is to making every store as if it's your only store. And I know you've been quoted saying, we have to make sure everyone in our stores is localized so we're a part of the community. Share with us your philosophy of how you manage to execute on plan so these 151 stores are a part of the fabric of your community and people feel it's a local store, even though it's 151, you want them to feel like it's your only store in business. Right. Share that philosophy. Sure. So you have a basic core assortment that everyone carries, right? You have your basic footwear, sporting goods, team apparel, etc. Then you get into specific nuances. So if a store, let's say uh, Boylston Street, right? A few minutes away from uh, Fenway, right. right? Huge license store. When we took over from City Sports, they had very, very little Red Sox, Celtic, Bruin, mm. Patriots merchandise. We saw the opportunity that, you know, there was nowhere else to buy it. So, you know, we lead off with license in that store. We have stores that are next to gyms. We'll make sure they're very well stocked and have a, a wider assortment on fitness products, gloves, weightlifting gloves, yoga, etc. So it all depends on, you know, where right. where we trade. So but are you surprised your predecessor who was there did not carry? I mean, here it is, you're right in Boston Street. Red Sox, Bruins, uh, Patriots, whatever. Are you surprised they didn't do licensing when Harris are in the hub of the city and that wouldn't be one of their, you know, showcase products? So, you know, we're obsessed with communications. And, you know, I'm sure, Roger, you feel the same way with legal seafood. You know, getting feedback from mm-hmm. the customers, right. bubbling up to the store manager and the DM. So every Monday... Monday morning, before we start our merchandising meetings, all the DMs get all the feedback from the 10 or 12, 14 stores that they manage, mm-hmm. uh, bubble it up to our uh, senior vice president of operations. And, you know, all that merchandise, all that information gathering gets rolled up. And we talk about it on Monday at our merchandise meetings. What is a global issue? What is a store specific issue? To really understand, you know, uh, what's happening? Mm, uh, yep. A national play gets hot, you know, and we get it from different markets. We'll put it into the line. So it's really the bubbling up of the information that makes us relevant that we get and, that feedback and, on. And as a family business, you're able to react pretty fast versus a large conglomerate that acts slow. Right. So you know, it, it was interesting when we uh, when Sports Authority went out of business and we took over, uh, you know, uh, one of the stores in New York, and we were interviewing a couple of people as managers. They were in shock in shock that a store could actually call the home office, talk to a buyer, and tell them what they're out of. They wow. weren't allowed. Hmm. They had to go through certain channels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how most companies operate. You know, we're a hands-on company that believes in, you know, filtering uh, information right through the pipeline. You know, when I think of your stores, uh, Mitchell, I, it keeps resonating in the back of my mind. And, I'm, and I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you had something to do with this. Got to go to Moe's. Got to go to Moe's. Where did that come from? <laughs> so believe it or not, Thursday, Thursday, okay. I got an email from a guy by the name of Jonathan Friedman out of New Jersey. He said, congratulations. Today is our 25th anniversary of Got to Go to Moe's launch. Wow. 25 wow. years has wow. passed Thursday. Wow. Yeah. wow. Very interesting. So what happened? We were doing an RFP for about six months. We figured we were updating our stores, cleaning them up. We needed we needed something that we could really hang our head on, uh, and you know, a jingle, a cliche, a tagline, something. 
And after six months, we were ready to make a decision on a Friday. And this guy kept calling my assistant, Roseanne LaSavio, unfortunately passed away a year ago. Uh, she was with me 41 years. Um, said, Mitchell, there's a guy who keeps calling. Okay, I'm not letting him through. I go, no, no, we're done. Okay, mm-hmm. six months. Okay, we've interviewed over 80 companies. I, I, I'm done already. Friday, we're making the decision. Thursday night at 7 o'clock, a, a call comes in. I don't know. It's a 908 number, 908 jersey. Uh, we're in New York. And they go, Mitchell? Yes. I go, this is Jonathan Friedman. Who? I don't know who you are. He goes, listen, I've been trying to get through you. I can't get through to you. I got to tell you my story. I spent $4,000. Uh, buying merchandise in your store. I created a jingle. I created a radio spot. I created a TV commercial. I go, listen, we're done. He goes, you got to let me in. Please, I just want to make a presentation. I said, I'll tell you what. Tomorrow morning, 7.30, come to my office. You have three minutes. You're going to play the jingle on radio. You're going to show me the TV commercial. And then we'll have a minute to uh, show you the door. And thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't so much like that. but Anyway, plays the jingle. I said, play it again. Show me the TV spot. It shows me the TV spot. It's now 8 o'clock. People are strolling into the office. I go, everybody, please report to the conference room immediately, okay? They thought, A, either there was a fire in the building, right, B, we were right. going, uh, selling the company, something, what was going yeah, on? Yeah, it was like yes, an emergency. Yes. Anyway, it was a VCR tape. We plugged it in. We showed everybody. What do you think? The place went crazy. I said, John, come on to my office. My brother and I walk in. We go, okay, listen, what do you want for the, uh, for the spot? Uh, what, what do you mean? I go, well, we want to do a buyout. He goes, oh, no, there is no buyout. We're going to lease the spot to you. I go, we don't lease. We buy. <laughs> okay? We buy the spot. It's not for sale. I said, I'll tell you what. I'm going upstairs. I'm bringing down a company check. I'm bringing down a release form. I'm writing it out for $100,000. We're going to do a buyout for $100,000. You have till 5 o'clock today, the deal's off. Nope. Not doing it. We're leasing out the uh, we're leasing out the spot. This was Friday. Mm-hmm. Monday. Now over the weekend, I'm like dying. I said I can't believe it. I go, you know what? Uh, forget about me. Go to Mo Ginsburg, who sells suits on 14th Street. <laughs> He's the only Mo that I know, and you can probably go to Mo. Go to Mo. <laughs> anyway, guys, call me Monday. Yeah. I won't take the call. Just call me Monday afternoon, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night. Won't take the call. Anyway. Bottom line comes up, we end up doing the deal for twenty five thousand dollars, and we pay for all his merchandise and whatever mm-hmm. the cost of his mm-hmm. production time was. All right, so all right, so and that has resonated obviously through the years. Just out of curiosity, do you remember what the what what the initial one that you were going to sign with the, the the you know the tagline? Uh, you know what? We were going through three of them on Friday, uh-huh. and nothing like that. It was absolutely, in fact, to be honest. They're forgettable. I forgot. I forgot. (laughs) But this one, this one, I'll never forget. Got to go to Moe's. There was something that resonated with us that was just catchy. And, um, you know, in school, they used to call my brother Big Mo when I was Little Mo. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we had a little Uh Moism attached to us. So, Mitchell, going back, I was just thinking, 139 years in business. 128. 
128. Okay. Yeah, Larry wasn't very good in math. 129. 129. <laughs> I was going to say. 129. Did you say 139 or 129? I said 138. <laughs> okay. 129. Either, Who's got the count? Either, okay. By the way, how come later. there's no more clam chowder? There's no chowder here this well, morning? Well, it's too early. It's too early. If you had come at noon no time, one has better like we planned clam it. chowder than legal seafood. <laughs> well, where is it? <laughs> after the show. After yeah, yeah, the show. Yeah. We'll, we'll, um, after all these years, what do you feel is like the secret sauce that's enabled you to sustain this growth? You mentioned, Roger mentioned, people going out of business, the consumer is changing. What do you feel is the focus that you're knitting that you've stayed true to to enable models to keep growing and growing and growing when others have gone by the wayside? Value. My grandfather always said, always be true to the customer. You make a buy, never get rich on it. Pass it on to the customer. They'll remember it for life. It's the best advertising and marketing in the world. And that's retail, isn't it? I mean, retail is always bringing them back again, you know, right, never exploit it. Because because Mitchell's also said, if the customer doesn't come back, we're extinct, they fire us, it's that simple. Well, you always say that the most, you know, every month we have what's called most traditions. Mm -hmm. So we bring in all new associates that just started with the company from the previous month, or someone that's started let's say on the floor, department manager is now promoted to an assistant manager or a manager, and we bring them up and we go around the room and I go, okay, tell me about your previous life. Where'd you work before? What happened? Why did you leave? What made you come to us, etc. And you know, it's always about the values of a company. And those values get instilled, you know, mm-hmm. something, something about the DNA of our company that, you know, people feel comfortable when they work for us. They know that we take care of our associates. If we take care of our associates, they'll take care of the customer. And always be true and blue. You know, always be transparent. Always, always deliver your best foot forward. And we always tell everybody, do whatever you feel is right. We know we have rules and regulations. But at the end of the day, if Stu Leonard... Right, you know, yes, Stu? yes, yes, I know. Very dear friend of mine, Stu Lennon has a rock in every store. If the customer, rule number one, the customer is always right. Rule number two, if the customer is wrong, always re- refer to rule number one. And you know what? At the end of the day, it's all about the customer, right? In today's world, we can't control competition opening up across the street. Mm-hmm. You can't control tornadoes. You can't control the weather. You can't control competition. You can't control the economy. You can't control how people feel good about themselves. What you can control is when they walk into the store, what's the experience? Do they feel like we're waiting on them? Do they have to wait long on a line? Do we have what they had in stock? Do they feel like we're giving them the right value proposition? You know, those things combined, right, add up to the experiences to, you know, do I call my friend? Like, right. How many times right. have you seen a great mo- like I've seen the movie Taken? You ever right. seen the movie Taken? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I must have seen it a hundred times, if not more. Really? And I've told everyone, right? How many uh, listeners are going right. to be listening to this right. podcast? Right. If you haven't seen Taken, see Taken. Incredible. Mm-hmm. But if you see a bad movie. Right, you had right. A, 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 a horrific experience. I mean, so that's what happened. Your, your associates have fun. There's no question. Yeah. I, I've, I've been in there. I've asked for things, and, and they don't know that we know one another. And I just sort of – so I, I ask them a little probing questions, you know, and, and, and they're great. They're, they are, you know, outstanding. And I think it's about training. I think it's about recruiting. And I think that they uh, they do have fun. It's the quality of the individual. See, so you don't tell our associates who you are. But no. anytime I go into a legal seafood, they go, oh, I'm sorry, there's a half hour way to go. 
Do you want me to call Roger Berkowitz at home, or should I call him in a cell? Which one? The night show him this. See, I don't have that card. But but no. But then they say, "Who's Roger? Berkowitz. Berkowitz." Yeah. They ask you that, right? Well, 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 well uh, Mitch knows that because if they don't know, then I have real problems. All right. And then I show him my phone, my cell phone. You want me to call Roger now? And I always get a couple of extra steamers, by the way, just so you know. So so Mitchell, you know, just playing off the whole thing. Again, I was thinking you have thousands of employees, and like Roger and I, we've gone to the stores. I went, in fact, yesterday. The same experience. They're very delightful, very accommodating. You're you're the brand champion for the business. How do you execute? How do you um, inspire them to do what you want to do? How do you make them brand ambassadors? What is what is it, or what's your program like to make sure that every location, everyone is living a brand, breathing a brand, and delivering the experience that you feel is critical to keep achieving that success level? So it comes down to our ten basic core values, and every morning at five thirty in the morning. Um, we receive a core value, a value of the day, and the, every store does a, um, a store huddle. This was not a setup question from the go to his iPhone. <laughs> no, I'm, so I'm going to read you. No, it's I'm gonna, great. No, it's great. I'm going to read you the core value, today's core value, which was sent at 5 o'clock this morning, right? Right. Good morning, Modell Sporting Associates, friends and guests. This is Nushaya Jackson representing Store 196 on Walnut Street in Philadelphia. Let's take a moment to discuss today's core value, which is R. It stands for respect. Respect for each individual and recognition that rewards excellence and improves morale. Today's core value is an integral part of our staff's morale. Respect is very important for me and my team because it's a value that helps us thrive and work together as a unit. Respecting each other individually makes us better and more productive team. Having a diverse spectrum of ideas and personalities helps our staff build lasting relationships with our customers. Our stores in downtown Philadelphia so we come across a lot of diverse community people, and it's so important that our staff represents them. And it goes on and on. Mm-hmm. And every day we have a specific core value that um, we read, and it just reinforces the DNA of the company. Wow. All right. A hundred odd years ago, your great-grandfather, Morris, opens up a store, an outdoor shop. A, was he an outdoors person? What was his M.O., if you will? Uh, in in establishing, you got that, didn't you, Larry? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I repeat the question. Yeah. Then you on track with the mark. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, uh, all right. So so your your great grandfather right. Morris, all right, uh, Modell opens an outdoor shop. What was, what was his thinking? Why did he open it? Lower Manhattan. Uh, he came over from Hungary. Hungry. Wow, you did your homework, Roger. I'm very I, impressed. You know. Do you know where the salmon comes from when you get salmon in the stores or the steamers? I know it does. Oh, yes. And the shrimp. <laughs> I know the shrimp comes from. <laughs> you know, he opened up a stand on Cortland Street. People would come off the ships, you know, a lot of Europeans. And uh, and from there, he started uh, Models. He had seven other brothers. There were seven brothers all together. He was one of seven brothers. And uh, they worked together. And uh, from that, they built up uh, the Model chain. You know, it was interesting because I think that wasn't there a number of models? Wasn't there a, 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 a white hyphen models? 
And wasn't there a Modell's pawn shop? And w- w- were these different family members? I am very impressive. So the <laughs> Modell's pawn shop is yeah. my very dear cousin. Not a pawn shop. <laughs> pawn shop. That was a New York accent. Pawn, pawn shop. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you guys are killing me. Roger, you're on fire. P-A-W-N. Okay. Pawn shop. You know, he always say, I parked my car in Harvard Yard. It's run by my... Dear cousin Jerry Modell on 47th Street. He's got a few locations throughout. So they're still around. Right, they're still around. Uh, Modell Shoppers World was a discount operation my father opened in 1954. In fact, the day of the grand opening was the day I was born. And I always keep asking my mother, I go, did that show up or was he at the opening? Where did he go? <laughs> no, he delivered you and then he, uh, he ran to the store in East Meadow. And then White Motel, we merged in the 80s, in the 70s, mm. uh-huh. with White's Department Stores and uh-huh. Motel Shoppers World. It was more like a uh, discount department store, like what you'd see today in Target, except we didn't operate the stores. They used our nameplate. We had different uh, licensed departments, real entrepreneurs, mostly family businesses that ran our business, and we ran the sporting goods department within Motel Shoppers World and White Motels. See, today that name would have raised some eyebrows. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Mitchell, in today's day and age, how, what role does technology and social media play with Modell's? How, how has the Amazon effect affected you? What's happening in this ever-changing competitive landscape and how are you adapting to enable you to really, um, you know, break through the marketing noise and keep driving that demand? So when you think about it, you know, when I was born, you know, it was everything was newspapers, right? Daily news of the time when I was born had over 2 million circulation, largest newspaper in the United States. Today, it's probably close to 300,000 or under 300,000 today. Um, the world has changed, you know. So in order to reach customers, you know, you got to reach them a lot of different ways. We go through social media is huge for us, mm-hmm. huge. Uh, we do a lot with radio. We do a lot with television. We do a lot with direct mail pieces. We do a lot with our loyalty program. Anybody that's a customer mm. really should make sure you sign up for our MVP program because we're able to email you at a much cheaper rate, right? It's cost pennies as opposed to mailing out, you know, you know, cards and, right. you know, all these different uh, nuances. And, you know, reaching the customer is so important in th- through so many traditional ways. You know, you always have your ear to the ground in terms of what is changing out there. And, you know, you, you have uh, online now, you know, going crazy. But now you see sort of the online folks, uh, whether it be Wayfair, whether it be Amazon, opening up bricks and mortar. What is happening out there that you couldn't say was happening, say, three or four years ago? Because it seems to be almost a reset. What are you seeing out there, Mitchell? Well, first of all, there's a lot of surplus properties. Anywhere you go, you see sales for rent, for mm-hmm. for, uh, for lease, for, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sale, whatever it might be. There's definitely a correction. You know, a lot of mall operators, you know, they're not putting retail in there. They're putting restaurants in there. They're putting assistant living homes in there. They're mm-hmm. putting in gyms. They're putting in new concepts in there. Um, so the traditional retailer look, will always be around. You know, there's something about touching and feeling, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. merchandise. In our world, there's nothing like a kid playing 
soccer in his first soccer game mm-hmm. or playing his first t-ball game or little league game you want to be able to try in that cleat pound the glove lift the bat you can't get that buying it online not to say that online is a big presence it is it's getting bigger you know the, the young millennials are obviously they they're getting used to shopping more online they mm-hmm. are going to you know traditional stores but you know the way you compete with the amazons of the world is really through product differentiation mm-hmm. If you're carrying the same thing they're carrying, you'll never win, right? You're going to lose the game. They, they don't have the cost infrastructure of a brick-and-mortar retailer, so they could sell it for a lot cheaper. But where they can't compete with you is on a private label, and that's a huge initiative we have. So if you go into our stores and you look at the Unipro brand, right? Mm-hmm. It's high-tech. It's you know real technical T-shirts and shorts and sweats and warm-up suits and mm-hmm. – uh, but at prices that's really affordable, and if you close your eyes and compare it to other brands, the the smell test is you can tell the difference. This is like a fraction of what it is to buy from a brand. Mm-hmm. So we have those kind of goods. Then we carry Smiths, which is you know Smiths boots and Smiths workwear, which is for the the guy, the construction worker that you know can't afford a Timberland boot at $150, $180. Mm-hmm. He'll want something that looks like it, but it's much more affordable. Or Smith jeans, line jeans that we sell for $20. And, oh. you know, you go to anybody else, they'll carry the same thing for $50, okay? Again, can't buy Smiths online on Amazon. You can't shop it anywhere else except us. Mm-hmm. Or Jacques Marais Women's. So, you know, we're expanding our private label as well as buying a lot of off-price closeouts. So those two things alone, which has become a growing part of our business, is how you compete against the Amazons of the you world. Know, a, a third thing is they can't offer is the experience. So the experience of the touchy-feely, you know, warmth, if you want advice, whatever. In today's world, we live in this whole experiential marketing world, but online cannot deliver that experience that you deliver. Not only that, listen, Red Sox beat the Yankees last week, right? That night, you go into our stores, or the next morning, we had uh, we had the, the playoff merchandise for them to wear. Right, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Took a risk. You, you know, you wait online, you'll be waiting a week. You want to be able to experience that, that, that's and a good celebrate. Point. That, that, you want to be able to celebrate right, right then, then and there. Yeah, it's immediate gratification, yeah. So, uh, let's talk a little bit about merchandise in the stores. I have to wonder, and, and then maybe perhaps speculate, that uh, football equipment, you know, for the kids in your store was always a big item. With all the head injuries, are parents pulling their kids back and saying... Every year. Really? Every mm. year. So mm. At what point? Because this is really wow. the leading edge in terms of what's happening in, in, yep. in, in, in terms yep. of how people are thinking. So so every year they're pulling back. What, at what percentage would you say that they're pulling? I'm just curious. In terms 20% a year. Really? It's really? coming wow. down. Wow. Right. Sign-ups are less. Listen, I would. I have two sons, yep. sixteen and seventeen. I would never let them play football mm. with the concussions and the neck injuries, and you know all the things that happen on a field. It's not worth it. Even post, even post playing twenty years later, yeah. you don't know what's going to happen. Well, that's yeah. if you're playing college and right. high school, right. and, you know. Right. Football. Right, right. So, so soccer is a, taking over. Soccer's taking over. Uh, baseball's, you know, it's taking yeah, over. Yeah. Still strong. What, what which categories do you not sell in models? Uh, we don't sell golf. You know, we'll sell golf balls. We'll sell a couple of accessories, but we don't sell golf sets. We don't sell ski. You know, we're more of a team sport mm-hmm. company. Mm. You know, team sport being 
football, soccer, lacrosse, right, right. basketball, etc. You, you don't, you don't sell croquet, do you? Larry invited me over the house once to play croquet. I said, no way, Larry. I I'm thought sorry. he was going to go on golf with me, but he, but he, he, he held back. That was good. I love we this sell, man. By the way, we sell all our games from a local guy here, a terrific guy. You know Larry Franklin? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, Larry. Yeah, Larry's not only guy. a dear friend, but a big supplier, and we buy all our uh, games from him, a lot uh, of baseball stuff. You know, not the non-business, I know you've been known to be very generous. In fact, a little while ago, you donated a million and a half dollars to local athletes to make local athletics and sports more affordable to children. Share with us, Mitchell, some of the things you're doing philanthropically at Motels. Right, so we have, you know, it's something we never really talk about mm-hmm. because a lot of people do it for the wrong reason, to get the press and publicity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We do it for the right reason. Sure. And part of being local and part of being, you know, mm-hmm. uh, giving back to the community is having what we call a team leagues program. Uh, team weeks. So, you know, if you're a school, if you're a an organization, you sign up, we'll give you discounts during a certain time frame, we'll give 5% rebate back to the school or the league or the... Awesome. Uh, the so they could, you know, take that money and buy equipment to use it however, however they feel they need. And again, it's part about giving back, which again, is part of the values and the core, you know, DNA of, uh, of our company. So fast forward three to five years, three to five years from now, how do you see models changing? What do you think is going to be evolving models that the models five years from now will be somewhat different from the models today? Really uh, pouncing on value, being the value player, giving more value to the consumer, really developing our uh, a private label in a much stronger right, uh, right. way, this whole Uniqlo brand. Mm. You know, kind of like what Uniqlo is. When you look at Uniqlo, mm. Uniqlo mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. totally vertical, has their own brand. They don't carry any outside brands, and they control their own destiny. And so, you know, Unipro is taking place of a lot of different, let's say, odds and end vendors. You know, a vendor here, a vendor there, a supplier there, that we're eliminating and really creating our own private label and, and strength. And controlling our own destiny. Mm. All right. I want to get into it now on Undercover Boss. Good. Let's go there. All right. All right. <laughs> so so you did this how long ago? So this was filmed in 2012. All right. And actually, it's Six still years ago. the most... Was that, oh, hold on. Was that the last time we seen Mitchell Modell crying on the floor? The last time? <laughs> no. The last time when we lost to the Red Sox. Was last week the Red Sox. I'm only kidding you, Boston fans. I love Boston. I'm no, but you were crying. Over. But you were crying. I, I love I'm how you that with a New York accent. <laughs> yeah, I love you, Boston fans. <laughs> all right. So, so all right. So, uh, Undercover Boss, and, and it is the most repeated uh, episode, mm. I think, in in, the, in their history, how did that come about, and and, and what did you take away? Did, I mean, did it, so when you initially did it, did you have any idea it was going to have the impact on no, you that it did? Absolutely. First of all, when they asked me to go on the show, I go, listen, you know, I spend a lot of time in our stores. All my associates know who I am. There's no way we could disguise. Oh, no, we're going to put a disguise on. I go, you can't disguise me. Okay, my voice is like, you know, really strong Brooklyn type, you know, New York voice. They go, you give it a shot. Then I said, you know what? If I shave my head bald, mm-hmm. right? No mm-hmm. one no one ever shaved the head bald. Okay, and, I, and if I put on this real big uh, mustache, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like a big Texan mustache. <laughs> And, you know, maybe talked in a little different slang. Maybe I could get away with it. Mm-hmm. And so I said to myself, you know what? Let's give it a shot. And it was 
And they called you Joey, right? They called me Joey Glick. <laughs> Joey Glick? Joey Glick was a pizza store owner in Brooklyn <laughs> that went out of business. And my love has always been sports memorabilia. And I wanted to work at Models and, you know, get an education and open up my own sports memorabilia, selling all this different stuff. I think what better places mm-hmm. than, than working there? And so the associates that were working with me would then recommend to the investors, would should we invest in Joey? Mm-hmm. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Okay. And it was a disaster. Okay. <laughs> this one said Joey's drunk. This one, Joey is like, uh, forget about it. Okay. Joey weighed 310 pounds like a walrus on a floor. I mean, it was. Especially with the mustache, right? With the mustache. I mean, I was knocking over mannequins in places. It was crazy. So then what, what happened? Because I remember at the end, you were very generous. There was one young lady, maybe I think her name was Angel. Angel. And boy, you, boy, and you, you were, were very really generous. You paid attention to that oh, show. Oh, yeah. How many I've times seen it over and over. Um, I'm one of the few who keeps watching over and over. And not one of the few, Larry. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people see and it. So, and so you were very generous. Again, I think you gave Angel a quarter million dollars. But tell us a story, because I know you mentioned me a while ago, when Angel, what Angel did with the money, and then your comeback line, I remember, which is really hilarious. Right. So <laughs> what happened was, I'm in the stock room. I'm talking to Angel. And she says, Joey, you're going to do great. I know you're going to do fine. Just keep pushing and pushing, and and you're going to do fantastic. And I goes, and so, Angel, what's the story with you? She goes, oh, well, you know, I've had some issues. Oh, what kind of issues? She lives in a homeless shelter hmm. with her husband and two kids. And and it's okay. You know, I, I love coming to work here, and, and we'll be fine. And, you know, we might be thrown out of the homeless shelter, and with that, I lost it. Mm. I mean, I just broke down. I, I cried, and I said, we got to do something for her. And so we gave her a quarter of a million dollars net after taxes. We paid the taxes. Hmm. And so I go, I want you to buy a house. She calls me up the following week after she got the check. And she goes, I got great news. I go, Angel, tell me about it. Tell me about the house. Oh, no, I didn't get the house. I go, well, what's the great news? (laughs) I I was a casino. I gave $50,000 to my church. I said, you did what? (laughs) He goes, I wanted to thank the pastor for, you know, giving me such great luck in having wow. him in my life. I go, 50,000? Wow. You couldn't give him like 5,000? You had him 50,000? <laughs> and that was it. But you know, she bought a home, which I went to, and she's blessed with a great husband and kids. And So what were some of the takeaways from that experience that you learned when you're out in the field at Models? So when you're in the shoes of the associates and you see some of the tasks mm. that we're asking them to do, on one hand we're saying we really want to be a customer service driven company. Mm-hmm. Customers is the most important thing. Always wait on the customers. Yet they're spending the time ticketing merchandise mm-hmm. or they're taking the time to put security tags on merchandise or they're taking the times to unload trucks during the busiest time of the day so you learn about all these things when you're right in the limelight of this thing right. mm-hmm. and so we changed a lot of the processes as mm. a result mm. you know one of the things and and i'm sure we we get asked the same thing a, a lot of times and, and sometimes people ask it ad, ad nauseum but i think it's it's worth asking and hearing what keeps you up at night? Yeah. 
I have a blind cat that lives with me. That, she, <laughs> that every time she knocks into the wall, she meows, and that's what's probably keeping me up. At, uh, He's been asked Roger, this question he before. Question. <laughs> He's been asked this question before. So, so, Mitchell, what are you finding today? Well, I'm not with it. I'm not, oh, I'm oh, not oh, done. Oh, okay. I'm like, it, it, we're still on the cat? Make, <laughs> making sure that we yeah. have a business that is able to provide 4,300 jobs and families mm-hmm. To uh, to our associates and and you know keeping the uh, you know uh, 120 year tradition 129 year tradition going you know that, that that's the thing and and, and I, yeah. I think you know when we talk about what keeps us up mm-hmm. it's really running scared all the time not being complacent right yeah, I mean yeah. not taking anything for granted right I, I don't know if it's about running scared or just making sure that you're always on point mm-hmm. right you're not being lack lackadaisical right. always changing it up you know not working off last mm-hmm. year's mm-hmm. successes or whatever it might be and and you know just doing what you need to do to keep uh you know the ship going so so what's trending right well, now yeah no i'm just yeah. gonna yeah, no, yeah go what's trending that's going to either be a, have a positive a negative effect, or even a greater challenge for you to keep this juggernaut rolling? So I think look, everything's always about health, right? People want to be healthy. It's, yeah. it's no longer a fad, you know? People want to stay physically fit, mentally fit. You know, kids are always going to play sports. It's not only keeps them fit, but it's great for team building. And so those things, and the parents are always going to do the right thing for the kids. They'll put them, the kids first and sure. foremost. So those are the things. It's not like it's a fad. It's not like, but again, the world changes. A lot of other options out there. And you've got to make sure you keep yourself relevant. Keep, right, fresh and relevant. And keep evolving with the times. Right. So, so, yeah. so is, is this a fad? Is this a trend? Is this a sport? I'm trying to figure something out. Video gaming. What is that? And what I mean, I, I understand what it is, but is this? I, you hear people playing this now in stadiums. Esports. esports listen, you know when the owners and the leagues take active roles in equity participation. You know, esports is going to be around for forever. But you know, but that's one of the problems. You know, all these kids between esports and being, you know, on the computers, etc. You know, it took away from sports. We saw this. You know, when computers really just came into play 15, 20 years ago, you know, that we were concerned that how do you get out the kids and get out there and play and, and get healthy as opposed to sitting, you know, home uh, at a computer all day. So, so do you have to come up with special headbands or, or wristbands or something? <laughs> <laughs> but you know what's interesting? When you go back in time and you hit on a nice point, Mitchell, is that, you know, when we were younger, you know, I played baseball and so forth. I went down to a field and there was a coach there. There were no families there. I went there. I came back. My parents asked me how you did and that was it. Today, the parents are very much engaged. A lot of my parents are coaching. So it's really more of an integrated family, you know, situation. So to me, I think it's very positive what you're doing because the family is going to Models and they're outfitting the kids with either hockey, whatever it might be, because they're involved with their child's athletics and their wellness and the sportsmanship. Like you mentioned, there's a physical high and there's an emotional well-being to be involved in outdoors to begin with, especially sports. So I get to imagine that that whole family dynamics today being so intertwined with the children has to be a real positive right. for you. Plus, you know, we think about sports. Right, I remember. I couldn't understand like when we lost the little league, we got a we got a trophy. At the time, I couldn't understand it. You know, our trophy was a little smaller yeah. than yeah. The, the, the guys yeah. the guys that won. But you know what? It was about how do you deal with adversity? How do you deal with teammates? How do you deal with the teammate that might have struck out and caused the game or, or made an error and caused the game? And and that's what sports really brings. All right, we're going to get into the lightning round. 
Here we go. You, this was easy. <laughs> easy. I, I tell you, I, I'm very impressed. You guys did your homework. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it's um, it's Sunday night. The baseball game is on. The uh, the the hockey game is on. The football game is on. What are you watching? Believe it or not. <laughs> I have five TV sets. I believe it. I believe it. In my sports room. So I'm never conflicted. I always have this always. And you know what? If there's not a sport on, I'll either listen to a Fox or a MSNBC or CNN. So I get both spins, you know, of, of what's happening out there. But, uh, you know, I'm blessed to able to have five TV sets that, I, you know, and this time of year. But this time of year, you it's don't have great. ADD, do you? Uh, Major ADD. <laughs> but this time of year, you know, when you have MLB playoffs, right? There's a game on every night. Right. And then you have NBA starting tonight. Hockey already started last week. Right. You know, you've got uh, football on Thursdays and Mondays and Sundays. And it's, uh, you know, it's great to be in the sports business because, you know, mm-hmm. not only am I a, a, a big sports fan, but we got a lot riding on these things. You know, uh, when the Eagles lose on a Sunday, we could tell by the sales, people go home and they sulk. When they win, they go out and they buy jerseys and right. T-shirts right. and hats and celebrate. No different than the Red Sox. Well, that, that's fans. true. So the Red Sox, they don't buy shirts from us. They drink. So right, 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 right. But you have to be almost like a psychologist. So tell me, if you had a dream years ago to be a professional athlete, what sport would you have gotten involved in and what position? Uh, I would say, if I was good enough, being a golfer. A golfer? Really? Being a golfer. Yeah. Wow. That, that surprises me. I thought that would not be yeah, top five yeah. at all. I, I, you know I, I, why? Because, because at the end of the day, yeah. you're relying on your own skill sets. Right. Hmm. Right. You're relying on that. Listen, I'm a team player, and so I could say any sport. I think football is way too you – know, first of all, I was never good at any sport to play. Golf, I was like a 12 handicap at one point. Really? And, wow. you know, I love playing a oh. lot of the pro-ams and seeing what it is to be, you know, a golfer. And I remember playing with Tom Kite hmm. uh, when he just became player of the year of the year before. And I teamed up with him on a on a Wednesday pro-am. And the from tee to green, it was lined up on the left side and the right side. And I'm saying, oh, my God, make sure you hit it straight. Don't do a duck hook, you'll kill somebody. And I remember being on like the 17th hole and dropping in like a 30-foot putt for an eagle, and I got a shot for a birdie. Wow. And lifting my uh, putter up in the air like the pros do. Right. It was a great feeling. And I always said, you know what? I wonder what it would feel like to be like in a real tournament, not a program, but a real, like the Masters or like the and walk was eight, And walk up to 18th hole and everyone's yelling, mo, mo, mo. Larry and I had a relationship with Greg Norman, but it wasn't playing. It was actually just talking to him. He was a Reebok that. guy. <laughs> that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Spent a lot yeah. of time and in then McGregor. Yeah. 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 So, so if... Um, and I've watched you at, at basketball games, and you and I and I've seen you get into it. I, I think the Mavericks are in town, and I saw you getting into it with Mark Cuban. You know, right. going back and forth. So, if you could own a sports franchise, what franchise would you want to own? Yankees. Yankees. Mm-hmm. There's something about. Yankee Stadium. And even though the new stadium is not like the old stadium, mm. the Yankees, you know, when you think about Babe, Babe Ruth, Ruth and you yeah. think about Lou yeah. Gehrig and yeah. Joe DiMaggio and, you know, 28 World Series championships and, mm-hmm. you know, iconic. It's, yeah. And being born and raised in New York, that's, yeah. If, if you could, 
Mitchell, if you could have dinner with one professional athlete who you don't know, who would that be? Who you've never met? I would say Michael Jordan. Huh. I've met Michael, you know, hello, goodbye, you know, quick, you know. But uh, he's be somebody I'd want to sit down and talk to. I mean, what the guy has done for basketball. Mm. You know, to think about the Jordan shoe, yeah. right? It's like the second biggest brand out there or third biggest brand out there by itself, mm. you know? And, you know, my kids weren't even born when he was playing. Mm. And to think about that, you know, he's iconic to them is pretty amazing. All these fantasy sports coming out like football, uh, baseball, is it good for business? Yeah, it keeps fans engaged. It keeps them watching the games. You know, anytime you get more fan engagement, mm-hmm. whether they go to an arena or a stadium or they're home playing and seeing if they're betting, it's always good for the sport. Yeah, I, I have to imagine you're in Houston, but you have someone from New York on your fantasy team. Are you more inclined to buy the New York merchandise as a result of that if they're on your fantasy team? Right. It could be. You know, you never know what the rub off is on that, but it's, yeah. you know, the more engaged they are, the better it is for anything. TV ratings, radio, you know, merchandise sales. Tell us one thing that we don't know about Mitchell. We know a lot about you, but tell us one thing we don't know about you. One thing that you don't know about me. We can me. edit this. Yeah, but well, we're not going to. <laughs> I do not like legal seafood. All right. <laughs> about time somebody did it. <laughs> one thing about me. Yeah. You know what? Everyone says, like, my bark is bigger than my bite. But yeah. deep down inside, You've you know, I, I really care about people. Yeah, it shows. I care about, it I, shows. I care about yeah. people. Yeah. Very good. No, it, it shows just in the stores. You feel anthropic. I mean, th- there is definitely a little boy inside you that is very, very solid and very genuine. Yeah, that's cool. Legalized gambling, good for sports or not? I think it's good because it's going to happen anyway. So if you get, it's going to happen anyway, why not have it in a controlled environment? And uh, again, the more active participating, it, 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 there's a rub-off effect. There's At, a rub-off effect. After these years of entrepreneurship, what one piece of advice would you love to tell your 25-year-old self? Keep being relevant. Keep read. You know, I still read a lot of books. Nothing like going to an airport mm-hmm. uh, and and you know going to one of the newsstands and seeing you like don't read, you don't read, you books. don't read Kindle online or you. you you know what? I have Kindle, but I'm still an old-fashioned guy. Mm-hmm. When you're on a plane, it's like a newspaper. You know, I have all the apps for mm-hmm. all the papers, but there's nothing like on Sunday turning the pages, getting the print on your fingers, making sure you wash up a Touchy couple of times. It, yeah. You know, uh, looking at the, the ads, you know. Again, like while I was on Amtrak coming up here last night, you know, again, read all the apps, you know, with all the different uh, newspapers. But again, Sunday, there's something like, and no different being on a vacation or reading a book on the, on the beaches. All right. Since we've established that you're a true New Yorker in many different facets, Zabar's or Barney Greengrass? I love Barney Greengrass. <laughs> I, love okay. I can't believe you walked all the way from downtown uptown. Yeah, yeah. Was that a great, I mean, 100 year, you know, you got to love 100 plus year old establishments. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right? Where they throw Absolutely. the food at you on the, on the, uh, Absolutely. And it, the bagels it, yeah. and the coffee. I mean, it was, it was, a, it was a great experience. It is an iconic yeah, yeah. place. It is an iconic so Mitchell, place. America runs on Duncan. What do you run on? I run on winning the game. I run, I love life. 
I love life. You know, I, I, I sleep very little at night. If I get four hours of love, li- if you love life, you better start sleeping a little more. <laughs> but I can't wake up. You know, I always tell people I never worked a day in my life. Because when it's a labor of love and you love what you do, mm-hmm. it's not work. Mm. Mitchell Modell, thank you very much. Really uh, a lot of fun in this conversation. I think a lot of great takeaways. We appreciate you joining us. I think the best takeaway mm-hmm. is how great the chowder. Chowder. <laughs> and the steamers are at Legal Seafood. <laughs> thank you very yeah, much, It was Mitch. great having you and continued success. Thank you so much, awesome. guys. Always enjoyed it. Remember to subscribe to Name Brands on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app and get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. We're at Name Brands Pod on Twitter or on Facebook at Name Brands Podcast. That's it for us. We'll be back to talk to you again next Wednesday. 